The next time you're on Interstate 80, stop in and see the folks at the Iowa 80 Truck Stop at Exit 284 in Walcott, Iowa. They're always open and ready to serve you. Enjoy a sit-down meal at the Iowa 80 Kitchen or grab a bite from one of their nine quick-serve restaurants. You'll love their clean restrooms, huge gift store, beautiful convenience store, and, of course, the Super Truck Showroom stocked with plenty of chrome, lights, and more. While you're there, don't forget to visit the Iowa 80 Trucking Museum next door. It's free. The entire team at the Iowa 80 is very excited to celebrate 60 years with you. They look forward to being your home away from home for another 60 years. Sending you a giant thank you from Iowa 80, the world's largest truck stop on I-80, exit 284 in Walcott, Iowa. Iowa 80. It's Red Eye Radio. Talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. From the Uniden America studios, for Gary McNamara and Eric Harley, Dan Mandis, this is Red Eye Radio. And the phone number remains the same as always, 866-90-RED-EYE, 866-907-3339. Gary and Eric return next Sunday night, Monday morning. There's a lot going on. As you can imagine, in the Middle East, we'll get into that uh, here in a little bit. I I do have some headlines for you. One of the things that we're going to talk about is Rashida Tlaib. I mean, it's almost uh, easy pickings with uh, Congressman or Congresswoman Tlaib because she says things that are so incredibly false, number one. And number two, she just sounds hysterical. And as she is exhibiting her hysteria, her lies continue to permeate day after day after day. And, you know, typically when it comes to members of the squad, you know, their lies, you almost if you're a person who reads a lot, you know what's going on. You can pick out the lies fairly easily. But what Rashida Tlaib continues to say about the bombing of this hospital in Gaza is actually incredibly destructive. So we're going to get into that straight ahead, and I will prove to you how much of a liar Rashida Tlaib and uh, the squad is uh, coming up right here on Red Eye Radio. You can find out more about me on my Twitter feed, at Dan Mandis Show. I'm also on Instagram and Facebook as well, and I host a morning show in Nashville, Tennessee, on Super Talk 99.7 WTN. That runs from 6 to 10 Eastern Time, and you can find out more about that at 997WTN.com. So a couple of headlines for you real quick, because it is important, first of all, that we do see now that uh, the Biden administration sending another naval carrier out uh, to the region. The United States Navy is sending another warship to the eastern Mediterranean as tensions in the Middle East rise amid the Israel-Hamas war. The USS Mount Whitney, the Navy's command and control ship, uh, is on its way. It left uh, Wednesday, yesterday, to join the USS Gerald R. Ford Carrier Strike Group and the USS Dwight D. Eisenhower a Carrier Strike Group as well in support of our operations in the eastern Mediterranean Sea. Now, they're calling this, and this is why I find this so interesting, they're calling this the most sophisticated command, control, communications, and intelligence ship ever commissioned According to the Navy, the USS Mount Whitney 
was the tactical command hub for the U.S. military's Operation Odyssey Dawn against the Libyan regime back in 2011. So there is that story for you that is uh, breaking tonight. And also the uh, IDF, the Israeli Defense Forces, they are attacking Hezbollah military targets in the north. Uh, Joe Biden now admitting he is worried about terrorist organizations getting involved in the Israel-Hamas war. Hezbollah, of course, just like Hamas, uh, they are uh, financed and bankrolled by Iran. So we now have this uh, war opening up on multiple fronts. We'll keep you updated on all of these stories as the evening progresses right here on Red Eye Radio. And again, the phone number remains 866-90-RED-EYE. So here is some audio from Rashida Tlaib, a member of the squad. And I I just want you to listen to this. Because on the one hand, it is uh, rather entertaining to listen to. I I, I do, I I find myself after so many years of hosting uh, talk radio uh, shows, I I find myself uh, really more bemused than angry at uh, this point with some of these folks. But what she says and what some of these people who are supportive of Hamas, what they're saying and the lies that they're telling are actually dangerous because this is a sitting member of Congress and she is lying about one of our biggest allies, Israel. Listen. And to my president, to our president, Yes, he's still on. Well, hold on. I know. I, hey, I want him to know as a Palestinian American and is also somebody of Muslim faith. I'm not going to forget this. And I think a lot of people are not going to forget this. And it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not a threat. It isn't. They, they think we're joking. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think the White House and everyone thinks that we're just going to sit back and let this just continue to happen. No. The fact of the matter is, our lives are not safe with you or the forever peace president. I mean, listen to that. When are we going to feel safe? When are we going to stop funding continued, uh, literally, oppression of indigenous communities? When are we going to say enough? And, you know, it's like her words are being spoken in a vacuum. Now, obviously, what she is screaming about, among other things, of course, is the U.S. funding for Israel. That was part of the news uh, yesterday afternoon uh, where the Biden administration is uh, coming out now and they are going to uh, support Israel as we go through all of this. A hundred billion dollars, as a matter of fact, is uh, a big package that the president apparently is going to push through. And we'll get into that because some of it. Some of it is going to go to Israel. But I have a feeling that the vast majority of that $100 billion is ultimately going to end up going to Ukraine. We'll get into that straight ahead. But obviously, with Rashida Tlaib, she is screaming about the U.S. funding for Israel. But realize that she's she's taking all of this out of context. The real reason that Israel needs help is because Hamas supported by many Palestinians, attacked Israel. And so she's she's screeching into her bad audio system that, uh, you know, we're we're supporting Israel and, you know, all of this. uh, They scream about occupation and all of these other things. But in, in reality, Israel was attacked. That's why this is going on. And she calls herself a a Palestinian-American. Well, as a Palestinian-American, 
I would ask her the question, do you support uh, Hamas? And do you support the fact that Hamas attacked Israel? I mean, that, that's the bottom line. She seems to forget, by the way, that Joe Biden, and it sounds like I'm defending him, please, but I'm not. But it's it it sounds like she is forgetting that Joe Biden. Um, she's forgetting that Biden allows Iran to skirt those sanctions. And that means that Iran gives Hamas billions of dollars. Hamas attacks the nation. Rashida Tlaib hates Israel. So I would ask Rashida Tlaib. You're screeching about Joe Biden and how you're not going to forget this. Well, it seems to me like Joe Biden has done a heck of a lot for Iran. And Iran, again, funding Hamas. Hamas attacks Israel, the nation that you hate. So I would ask Rashida Tlaib, what's the problem? Seems to me like you and Biden are simpatico on all of this because he's giving Iran a crap ton of money. And ultimately, that money goes to Hamas. And remember this story, by the way, from the other day, the Biden administration sending millions of dollars to a group accused of being an arm of Hamas. Biden sent a total of seven hundred and thirty million dollars to this organization called the United Nations Relief and Works Agency. Now, this agency, Donald Trump. You remember me telling you about this story earlier in the week. Donald Trump stopped funding this very organization during his presidency because there's all kinds of intel out there that does show that the United Nations Relief and Works Agency is a arm of Hamas. They fund schools that teach anti-Semitism. They actually found rockets from Hamas embedded in these schools, hidden in these schools. And Biden is funding it. He he actually, believe it or not, friends, he sent out and his State Department sent out a memo, sent out a, a press release patting themselves on the back because they gave this arm of Hamas seven hundred and thirty million dollars. Congratulations, Joe. So I asked Rashida to leave. What is the problem? Seems like Biden is doing everything that he possibly can to make Hamas even stronger, just like Iran. Both of those entities constantly attacking Israel, the nation that you hate. So when you say Rashida Tlaib, I'm not going to forget this. My question to you is this. What is it you're not going to forget? Because it does seem like you are forgetting that Joe Biden is in the pockets of the terrorist organizations, the organizations that you support. Now, I know that he went to Israel. I know that he hugged Benjamin Netanyahu. But you know what I would say is follow the money. Biden has allowed Iran to flourish with the tens of billions of dollars funding, again, this arm of Hamas with $730 million. So, again, it seems to me like Biden has been very friendly to these terrorist organizations. Uh, Rashida Tlaib, she goes on and uh, talks more about her her anger with not only the Biden administration, but really with America. It makes me so angry to have to say, but I'm telling you, I'm talking to people that literally are like me. They literally, literally believed in this party that was supposed to be inclusive of all of our opinions and our and our views and our political stance and, and all of these things. But what is got, starting to get really, really, really clear and very loud 
is that somehow many of us in this room, because of our political opinions, because maybe our faith is a certain faith, maybe because our ethnicity is a certain ethnicity, that somehow we're subhuman. So that, it's kind of weird that she would say that, actually, that she's part of this culture uh, that apparently the American people feel is subhuman. But it, it's her culture that believes that Israel and the people of Israel, the, the Jewish people, should not exist. She's part of the BDS movement, boycott, divest and sanction movement, of course, that attacks Israel's economy. She also says that people, uh, again, see them as subhuman. I don't see that at all. You know, I, I'm a very live and let live kind of person. I, I think people, most folks have zero issue with uh, who they worship. But we cannot believe that anyone would support or justify what we saw this attack on Israel weekend before last. So, yeah, I would say anyone who justifies this attack on Israel is subhuman. It should also be noted, by the way, that President Biden was on his way to meet with the leaders of Jordan, Egypt and the Palestinian Authority. And it was Jordan who backed out. So. Our American president was on his way to go meet with all of these different uh, nations, these Arab nations. And ultimately, it was the Arab nations that pulled out. So I guess my question to Rashida Tlaib, shouldn't you be screeching in your bad audio system? Shouldn't you be yelling at the leaders of Jordan, Egypt and the Palestinian Authority for pulling out of that meeting with Joe Biden? As opposed to screeching at Joe Biden? I mean, don't get me wrong. We're both pissed at Joe Biden just for different reasons, I would say to Rashida Tlaib. But here's the other thing is she is screaming about all this. You know, Biden is giving Gaza $100 million in aid. But you know that Hamas, who runs Gaza, and the Palestinian Authority, who run the West Bank, both of these entities are incredibly corrupt. And that was one of the big uh, questions as everyone is talking about this aid that no doubt is going to go to Gaza. Where is that money really going to go? Is that money really going to uh, go to the people of uh, of Gaza or is it going to line the pockets of the bad guys? Namely Hamas. Because oftentimes that money does line the pockets of Hamas. That's why people have been saying for quite some time now, if we're going to give aid to Gaza, make sure that there is a mechanism to ensure that it makes it to the people of Gaza. And not the soldiers, the terrorists of Hamas. Oh, there's more. She had a lot more to say about Israel and uh, a number of other issues. We'll talk about that straight ahead. The phone number is 866-90-RED-EYE, 866-907-907. 3339. This is Dan Mandis on Red Eye Radio. This report is brought to you by Shell Rotella. With advanced synthetic technology is designed to help keep your rig running with more mileage and less maintenance. As the seasons change, so does truck maintenance. Cold weather can affect everything from your batteries and your air brake system to tire inflation and fuel lines. Make sure your tires are ready to roll through winter with the following maintenance tip. Underinflation is a leading cause of tire failures during winter. Because when the temperature drops, so does your tire pressure. Check your tire pressure before every trip to ensure they're properly inflated and to get the best footprint and traction on the roads. 
Conduct daily visual tire inspections to make sure you haven't picked up harmful debris on the road. Find a trustworthy tire service provider today so you'll be ready as the seasons change. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE. Eight six six ninety red eyes the phone number eight six six nine zero seven thirty three thirty nine. Dan Mandis here in for Gary and Eric, uh, talking about the screeching Rashida Tlaib and uh, her performance in Washington D.C. to a crowd. You know she's on this really bad um, she's on this really bad sound system, and she's screaming a lot of you know anti U.S. rhetoric. I would say. And she's talking about the poor people of Gaza. And I, and I do understand that. I do understand that there is a, a massive humanitarian crisis that is going on right now. But, you know, one of the things that I would ask, and I've, I've listened to a lot of Rashida Tlaib, and not once have I heard her actually condemn Hamas. I mean, she's she's screaming about America and how America treats the Palestinians. But wasn't it? Hamas, who prevented them from evacuating to the south? Yes, it was. And why is it that Rashida Tlaib and others are calling out America, but not calling out Jordan and Egypt and other Arab nations who seemingly seemingly could give two craps about the people in Palestine or the people in Gaza? They won't take refugees. I mean, heck, Egypt finally is letting aid through uh, their their border with Gaza. Finally. So there's a lot of these other nations there in the Middle East that uh, could help uh, the, the people of Gaza and, and take in some of these refugees and so forth, but they don't. And so while Rashida Tlaib and others are screaming about America's treatment of the people in Gaza and America's treatment of the Palestinians, we give them... A lot of aid. We give them a lot of opportunity. Yet somehow it's America that's bad. I'm going to get into some of those numbers straight ahead. I do want to get to uh, this final soundbite from Rashida Tlaib. Continue to watch people think it's okay to bomb a hospital with children. You know what's so hard sometimes is watching those videos uh-huh. and and the people telling the kids don't cry right. and like let them cry. So, I mean, look, first of all, this was earlier today. And by the time I got I mean, last night, you know, I was on the air and, and it's the first thing I said uh, coming out of, uh, you know, the, the first segment of uh, the show last night. You know, my opening monologue was all about how there was a a lot of question as to what or who bombed that hospital. Hamas was pointing the finger at Israel. Israel was saying, "Uh, hold on now. Uh, Let's look at the evidence. And, And by the end of the night, it was with all of the evidence that had come out. It was clear that it was not Israel that bombed that hospital. Yet Rashida Tlaib earlier today. was still saying, 
was still perpetuating that lie that it was Israel that bombed that hospital when everybody knows that it was not Israel that bombed that hospital. And and so she's going on. And and by the way, they also don't know just to to start things off. uh, We we don't know how many people were killed last night. The story was that uh, 500 people were killed in that uh, hospital that was bombed by this offshoot of or partner of Hamas. However, we don't now know how many people were killed. Wasn't 500, maybe a few hundred, but we still don't know. But we'll keep you updated on that story as it continues to develop. 866-90-RED-EYE, 866-907-3339. And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just Something I've Noticed, bargain hunting is back. I mean, bargain hunting's always been around. We always love a great deal. But man, everywhere you look, people are bargain hunting. You know, there's so many great ways to find great deals. Hey, I have a great find in your bargain hunting journey. Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price that's a real bargain when you use the code CPREDEYE. That's the letters CP Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at motel6.com. That is a bargain. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Red Eye Radio, from the Uniden America Studios. Now, for Gary McNamara and Eric Harley, here is Dan Mandis. 866-90-RED-EYE is the phone number, 866-907-3339. So part of the news today, apparently uh, Joe Biden is getting ready to ask for at least $100 billion for global wars. And it's going to, we don't know the details yet, apparently they're drafting this. But it's going to go to uh, Israel, Ukraine, and apparently some money is also going to go to Taiwan. Of course, we don't know what China is going to do, but they're always threatening Taiwan. But from what I can tell and from some of the reading that I've done, apparently the money that's going to go to Israel, it's a very small amount in comparison to uh, this money that's going to go to Ukraine. So that's what the Biden administration is going to try to do is they're going to throw in some funding for Israel, but it's going to be tied to a lot more money for Ukraine because they know that the um, funding for Ukraine, billions and billions of dollars in funding for Ukraine, unaccountable money going to Ukraine, 
they know that there's a very good chance that that wouldn't make it standalone uh, as it would try to make its way through Congress. The funding would make its way through Congress. They they understand that there's a lot of Republicans, maybe some uh, Democrats as well, that would not support that uh, funding for Ukraine because we've already given them so much money. We already know from those leaked Pentagon papers that there's a lot of folks within the Pentagon who are questioning the leadership of Vladimir Zelensky. They also already know that the American people are are stunned and sickened by the amount of money that we have given to Ukraine that is unaccountable. And as I've said many, many times, it's like we we give them just enough not to lose and we don't give them enough to win. In other words, the gravy train for Vladimir Zelensky just keeps going. And then the question is, okay, well, where the hell is all that money going? Because it clearly is unaccountable. It's clear that there really is no real strategy for Ukraine. And a blank check is not a strategy. I can't tell you how many Congress people and senators I have interviewed uh, and and defense experts and intelligence experts that I've interviewed during my morning show uh, in Nashville, Tennessee. And they all, by and large, do say the same thing. A blank check for Ukraine is not a strategy. And I think myself, like for a lot of Americans, when this whole thing started, we, we all recognized that the reason why Vladimir Putin was emboldened to go into uh, Ukraine was because of the failed pullout of Afghanistan and the weakness of Joe Biden. But I did understand the need to support Ukraine. But now billions and billions and billions of unaccountable dollars later. People are becoming a heck of a lot more cynical on the whole situation. And so now what the Biden administration and what these folks in Congress want to do is they want to tie that Ukraine funding to Israel. Apparently, Israel is asking for $10 billion, and so that leaves another 90 for <laughs> Ukraine and uh, other efforts as well. Uh, do you believe, let me, let me ask you so, this, do you believe that 60 or $70 billion in Ukraine funding would ever make it through Congress on its own? No. That's why they're going to tie it to Israel. Now, realize that we've already given Ukraine $113 billion in just financial aid. There's all kinds of other avenues that we've been uh, giving them uh, financing as well. And now we're going to throw down another $70 billion or so. We'll have to see what the, um, you know, what the final number is but you know you're talking about a taiwan as well so we really don't know what the breakdown is but just as a matter of perspective we typically give israel somewhere around 3.8 billion dollars a year they've asked for another 10 and i would say that that is most certainly money well spent and now we've got the 100 million dollars that we're going to be giving to uh, gaza and in the people of gaza and what i was saying before is absolutely true because there is so much evidence that a lot of this aid ultimately does end up in the hands of Hamas. And so how do we, you know, speaking of unaccountable foreign foreign aid, how do we ensure that that money doesn't go to Hamas, who will then use that money 
to buy rockets and guns to attack Israel. You know, one of the things, and I'm going to be able to get into this in the next hour, one of the things that Joe Biden said uh, in Israel, and can I just tell you that he was embarrassing on the world stage. Tail end of the show yesterday, we um, we had the audio after the president landed in Tel Aviv. And, oh, my Lord, he just sounded awful. I've got some of that audio coming up. But, you know, the big question is with this hundred million dollars to, um, you know, the people of, of Gaza for this uh, foreign aid. OK, well, then how do we ensure that that money is going to be well spent and not going to uh, towards corruption? It's a very big question. And it's a legitimate question as well. 86690 Red Eyes, the phone number 8669073339. This is, uh, is it Zion coming, uh, calling from uh, Maine on uh, Red Eye Radio? Uh, yes, thank you for having my call. Um, I just wanted to bring up a point. Um, so, all these Republicans have wanted to not give money to Ukraine, which is a smart decision. So why all of a sudden should Israel be getting money? What is the difference? Shouldn't we be, instead of giving foreign aid, maybe giving domestic aid? We know there's a lot of crime. Maybe revamp our police force. So my answer to that question, I don't know what the people in Congress would say, but, you know, my answer to that is that Israel is one of our one of our longest allies in the Middle East the only democracy, and they have our enemies that are attacking them. And so that's why the foreign aid to Israel, at least in my opinion, is justified uh, for Ukraine. That just feels like a never-ending black hole of foreign aid. Also realize that with Israel, uh, we know exactly where that money is going. And, and please understand, I'm not saying that uh, you know all nations have their corruption. Uh, Israel has its own Uh, forms of corruption. But we also know that, for example, we do fund the Iron Dome, which is what Israel uses to uh, blow blow down those rockets, blow out those rockets as they are coming in. So we know, by and large, where that money is going. And it's not a massive amount of money. You know, generally speaking, I just I just told you the numbers, I think, is it three point eight billion a year is what we give Israel to compare that to the 113 billion that we've given Ukraine over the last couple of years, uh, it, it's just it, it's very small in comparison. So to wrap it up, Zion, what I would say is we know specifically where that money is going in Israel, by and large. Uh, we also know that uh, they're using it well. We do know that they absolutely need that money as well. And they're, again, our uh, longest ally, one of our longest allies and uh, they're the only democracy in the Middle East. And so to me, it's justified. Uh, yeah, I understand your side of the thing. Uh, mm-hmm. But, you know, this is going to turn into a regional war. Should we also be funding that, too? Should we be taking care of all these refugees from the war that we're funding? Well, we're not we're not taking care of. Well, we're not allowing refugees so far to come into our country. And you're right. This is going to turn into a regional war. And and I I get it. And one of the things that we need to do, we can't make the mistakes that we made in Ukraine and continue to make in Ukraine uh, with Israel. With Ukraine, as I said in my monologue, we give them just enough money not to lose and, and not enough money to win. 
with Israel, I think it's a worthy investment because I believe that Israel uh, can win even in a regional war, even with Iran and even with, uh, you know, all of these other nations that are the enemies of Israel uh, pointing their rockets at Israel. I still think that it's money well spent. Now, to your point, uh, Zion, and it's in it is a fair point. If this becomes an even bigger war, like is in a World War Three, you're going to have China. You're going to have Russia. Of course, you're going to have Iran. You throw North Korea in there as well. And that, of course, becomes a far bigger discussion. But uh, right now, for me, I believe that with uh, Israel being our our longest uh, running ally, of course, in the Middle East as well, a very strong ally, uh, I think that it is money well spent. And I do appreciate the call. Uh, 866-90-RED-EYE. And this is John in Lebanon, Lebanon, Tennessee on Red Eye Radio. Hey, John, how are you? Hey, doing fine. Uh, just calling in about that Congresswoman uh, uh, Rashida needs to leave. Uh, wait, wait, wait. Did you, you know, call her Rashida? Was, did you call her Rashida need to leave? Yeah, yeah. That's funny. I'm, I'm going to steal that. Yep, I'm going. I'm totally going to steal. You go that. right ahead. Okay. <laughs> hey, yeah, no, and, and hey, I heard you over uh, talking about the uh, money as well. That's a that's a good talking point too. We need to stop sending these blank checks out because ultimately that debt falls on our grandchildren, and, and we're just feeding the problem. Like you said, we give them enough money, you know, to to keep them afloat, but don't give them enough money to win. We we need to stop feeding the beast is what we need to do. But as far as that Rashida needs to leave, she's sitting there, you know, spitting her anti-American hate speech, and it, it seems. To me, like that, there. I feel like there should be a law in place if it isn't already about people like that sitting in a position of power, let alone one of our representatives, and being able to talk like that in public uh, about our country, which she represents. Uh, it, it's it's not right. It's so far away from our Judeo uh, Judeo issue. Um, uh, values in this in this country and everything we were founded on, like right. and and t- if you ask me personally, she seems like kind of like she might be a terrorist, so to speak. You know, because well, he, he, here's and, and, and John and John, here's here's what I would say. Um, we we have the First Amendment in this uh, country, and uh, just like the Second Amendment, and just like all the amendments, it these amendments in our Constitution is what our country. Was founded on, so that's number one. Number two, one of the reasons why I love the, uh, the the First Amendment, right to to free speech, is because it really enables us to uh, be able to distinguish who the real idiots are. And with Rashida Tlaib, it is clear that, at least to me, she is an absolute idiot. And so, you know, one of the things that you know, even though she is a sitting member of Congress. She does have her right to free speech as um, ill-conceived and, and, and wrongheaded as it is. The thing that really bothers me is the fact that she is blatantly lying about that uh, attack on that hospital. You know, she's still out there, even though there's so much evidence. And I, I presented a lot of it to you uh, last night, so I don't necessarily feel the need to go through it again. But, you know, we've got the phone call from uh, those two bad guys, uh, the Hamas members, I believe, who were going back and forth, and I aired the audio for you yesterday, where they're talking uh, back and forth about, oh, you know, you know what, the uh, rocket failed, and uh, you know, it, it shanked and hit the hospital. 
And, and so they they were literally talking about that. Also, you have the, you know, the radar evidence, the video evidence as well, that those rockets uh, were coming from inside Gaza as opposed to coming from Israel into Gaza. So she's lying. And, and for that, I believe that she should be, you know, I don't know what you can do. I don't know if Congress can uh, you know, somehow condemn her, sanction her, whatever. I, I don't know what they can do to punish uh, Rashida Tlaib. But here's the thing. It is her right to let the rest of the world know how wrong she is. 866-90-RED-EYE, 866-907-3339. Dan Mandis here. This is Red Eye Radio. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. Red Eye Radio, 86690-RED-EYE. That is where we find Daniel calling from Alabama. Daniel, how are you? I'm doing just fine. But let me tell you, Dan, no more money. No more money to these people. We are $32 trillion in debt, and here we are throwing more money that is totally unaccounted for. I can't believe that you would say we're not giving Ukraine enough money to win the war. We're never going to win that war, Dan. And you no, know whoa, 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 because... whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on. I am not saying that we need to give Ukraine more money. You're you're misconstruing what I said. First of all, you're wrong. We're not thirty two trillion dollars in debt. We're thirty three trillion dollars in debt. My point being that we're just doing enough with Ukraine to keep Zelensky's gravy train going. In other words, we either got to be all in or we got to be completely out. Now, if we were going to go all in, we should have done it earlier. In other words, Russia has made such inroads into Ukraine that there there really is at this point no way for us to uh, or for Ukraine to win this war. And with Zelensky, who refuses to negotiate, I'm all for just cutting off the spigot. So just I, I want to make sure that. You, you don't misconstrue or misunderstand or mishear what I said, because let me tell you something, friend. I am all about stopping funding for Ukraine and giving more to Israel. Thanks for the call. Top of the Hour News is brought to you by House Products. Visit HowlsProducts.com. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. From the Uniden America studios, for Gary McNamara and Eric Harley, Dan Mandis, this 
is Red Eye Radio. 866-90-RED-EYE is the phone number, 866-907-3339. You can find out more about me on the Dan Manda Show Facebook page. You can follow me on Twitter as well, at Dan Manda Show. I'm on Instagram, too. There is uh, so much going on, and I, by the way, do host a morning show in Nashville, Tennessee, on Super Talk 99.7 WTN. You can listen to that 6 to 10 Eastern, 99.7 WTN.com. Joe Biden, I got to tell you, one of the things that the president said last night was that the world was watching. Can I just say that the president was less than impressive on the world stage? Now, if this was during I think it was the final 30 minutes of the uh, radio broadcast last night here on Red Eye Radio, where the president was uh, in Israel and there was a lot going on. The world was watching and the president in his discussions with uh, in his discussions with the leaders of uh, Israel, including Benjamin Netanyahu, it appeared that he forgot a line. You know, uh, years ago, I asked the secretary of state when he and I were working in the Senate to write something for a man. He said uh, he wrote a line that uh, I think is appropriate. He said, uh, it's not we lead, uh, not just uh, well, I won't go into it. I'll wait later. Taking too much time. But the point you is this. No, Joe, that, you forgot uh, the line. Um, um, I was deeply saddened and outraged there by you go. the Back on script. Uh, explosion at the hospital in Gaza yesterday. So that was uh, not a not a real good moment for the president. And, you know, he, he sounded, as we as we said yesterday, he sounded very tired and he just was not doing well. But he also. He also said a few things that didn't make a whole heck of a lot of sense. For example, and this is something that a lot of folks picked up on when he referred to Hamas as the other team. And based on what I've seen, it appears as though it was done by the other team, not not you. Rocket attack. But there's a lot of people out there not sure. So we've got, a lot, we've got to overcome a lot of things. And one of the things that, that you know I thought was interesting, and I, I believe that I mentioned this last night, was when he said that, I was incredibly offended. And and the reason why I was offended as a staunch defender of Israel is because the president is basically saying, well, we have to convince all of these other nations that it was not Israel. You know, because the president said, well, it's, you know, clearly not Israel. It's not you guys. It, you know, seems like it was, quote unquote, the other team. But there's a lot of folks that remain unconvinced. And The point is that you'll never convince the Arab nation that that was not Israel. I mean, even Rashida Tlaib in the first hour, I was playing audio for you of of Rashida Tlaib, a sitting member of Congress. Who is still perpetuating that lie? Do you really think the Arab nation who is out there burning our embassies to the ground You really think that they're going to be convinced that it uh, wasn't uh, Israel? I mean, you could you could look them square in the eye. You could present them all the facts in the world. And it wouldn't matter to them. It simply would not matter to them. Because in their mind, Israel is, you know, along with America, the great Satan, the great evil. So for Biden to even acknowledge that there's some folks out there that that don't believe that it was Hamas, that did believe that it was Israel, and that, you know, basically saying that we have 
uh, some work to do in convincing them. Here's the deal. My message to Joe Biden, I hope you're listening. I know you're not, but I wouldn't lift a finger to try and convince these uh, other nations, these Arab nations or Rashida Tlaib that uh, it, it was not Israel because they're unconvincible. So why why even bother to try to reason or prevent facts to them, present facts to them when they don't want to hear the truth? It's not that they can't handle the truth. They can't see the truth because they're blinded by their hate for Israel and America, including Rashida Tlaib. So I found that absolutely offensive. And I don't know if Benjamin Netanyahu found that as offensive as I did. Probably not. You know, he's out there saying that he felt like it was a great trip. Now, realize Benjamin Netanyahu is going to say what he needs to say after Joe Biden's trip. Because he has asked Joe Biden and America, American taxpayers, for billions of dollars to support this effort to ward off, you know, this war that is broken out between Hamas and Israel after Hamas attacked Israel, the terrorist attack, as everyone knows. And of course, again, Biden just bizarrely referring to Hamas as the other team. He continued, by the way, to uh, the president did. He continued to ask for help from uh, the American people for the people of Palestine. And also means encouraging life-saving capacity to help the Palestinians who are innocent caught in the middle of this. Palestinians. And... uh, well, at any rate, that's, that's who we are. Not just me, but I mean, that's who the United States is. And uh, um, it's just not the example of our power. It's the power of our example. It's almost as important. The world's looking. Yeah, so the world was looking, and um, the world, I would be willing to bet, was unimpressed with Joe Biden. You heard him talk about how... You know, we need to support the Palestinian people, so on and so forth. He, he you know, t- has taken great effort to uh, say that um, Hamas is uh, separate from the Palestinian people, the people of Gaza. He, he keeps saying that. And I think part of what he is trying to do is he's trying to, in his own way, put some pressure on uh, Israel to not go in, not have the uh, 400,000 ground troops go into uh, Gaza to try and root out Hamas. That's, I think, the president's way of trying to discourage that. But I think that Benjamin Netanyahu, he's going to do what he's going to do. But that whole two-minute speech was slow. It was halting. It was tired. And I don't think that the president did well. And I think that one of the things that he wanted to do was he wanted to have a talking point. He wanted to be able to say that, you know, he visited Israel, you know, during a time of war and so on and so forth. I mean, this is what Biden does. Well, you may have visited Israel. But what did you contribute? I don't believe that the president contributed a whole heck of a lot in the in the previous hour. We're talking about the hundred million dollars. It is, uh, you know, in foreign aid, this humanitarian aid that's going to go to the people of Gaza. And as many people have pointed out, including me. Okay, so how are you going to make sure that that doesn't end up in the hands of Hamas? Because historically speaking, that is exactly what happens with this foreign aid. By the way, and then there was uh, some more audio that came out. This came out um, yesterday, Wednesday. 
And uh, this audio came out. It was a President Biden and he's on Air Force One. A lot of people are, are talking about this. Um, and I think the reason why people are talking about it is just because the president, again, who says that he is perfectly fine to run another four years. This is what the president sounded like. Virtually every mass shooting, every circumstance where a large number of people have been victimized and lost, I spoke with them. I learned a long time ago what you've all learned in your life. And, you know, he, he's, he's very slow, very halting. When someone's going through something. And, and there's long pauses and it's it's clear that he's just he's barely there and so and this whole audio bite is a minute 39 seconds long and it's just him essentially making no sense and you can barely uh, hear him not because of the sound of, of air force one you can barely hear him because he's mumbling And this is a president that believes that he can go another four years. And there's just, I'm sorry, but there's just no way. So America's best foot has not been put forward with Joe Biden. And so to be honest, the the more that he puts himself out there on the world stage, the, the worse that he looks and the worse America looks. By the way, if you want to see that whole video, I, I'm going to spare you. You can thank me later. I'm not going to play the entire minute 39 of of Joe Biden mumbling his way through whatever the heck he was trying to say on Air Force One. But uh, just suffice to say that the president, once again, on the world stage, uh, not looking real good. I want to say hello to Mike calling from Nashville here on Red Eye Radio. Mike, thanks for calling in. Yeah, Yeah, great. Appreciate you having me. Yeah, I agree with you 100 percent. It's time for him to kind of retire. But, you know, what you're saying about uh, Hamas uh, getting this money is absolutely correct. If it needs to put any money forward, it would be trying to be, rebuild the hospital. Uh, but that basically, I was talking about when I called in about racism, about the hate crimes. Yes. This girl, Rashida Aliba, has been committing trying to subvert the country, especially young people, into hating the country, which usually turns into criminal activity, riots, killings, things like that. Well, th- think about it this way, Mike, and I, I appreciate the call. Your, your cell phone's cutting out, so i got to cut it short. But, you know, one of the things, and, and I was going to mention this later on in the broadcast, but you had Rashida Tlaib, and uh, she was out there with her, you know, and if you missed the first hour, I played audio of Rashida Tlaib, a uh, congresswoman, and uh, she is uh, clearly anti-Semitic, clearly anti-Israel, and she's out there screaming about uh, how Israel bombed that hospital. That is demonstrably untrue. But but here's the thing. Is that after that, you know, the same day in Washington, D.C., you had a lot of these people. You know what they did? They stormed the Capitol. So the question would then have to be asked, OK, so uh, Rashida Tlaib, all of this anti-American sentiment all of this anti-Israel sentiment. And then uh, apparently a lot of these people that were uh, listening to her 
as the story goes, rushed into uh, into the into the Capitol building. And so then they had to arrest a whole bunch of folks and, you know, they wouldn't leave. It turned really ugly. And, and that's part of the news cycle today with all these people that that ran into the Capitol. They sat down, they started chanting and all that other stuff. And, and so, you know, the question is, OK, well, then who's going to who's going to bring up, you know, Rashida Tlaib on, uh, you know, some kind of charges like uh, inciting an insurrection? Are those people who uh, went into the Capitol and they they sat down and they started to, uh, you know, chant and, and protest and they wouldn't leave? You know, are they going to be arrested? Are they going to be, you know, thrown in jail and thrown in jail for, you know, months and years on end and, you know, not being told what they're being charged with, being uh, kept in horrible conditions? Is that going to happen to them? No, probably not. All right. I'm just asking a question. 866-90-RED-EYE is the phone number. 866-907-3339. This is Dan Mandis on Red Eye Radio. Brought to you by FPPF, Fuel Power Max. Surviving and thriving as an owner-operator has just as much to do with managing costs as it does with generating revenue. Understanding basic principles of operating costs can save you thousands of dollars a year. Costs are not the same each month. If 9,600 miles are driven one month and 10,000 miles the next, two different sets of costs apply for each month. For example, if your tractor payment is $1,850 per month and you drive 9,600 miles in the month, your tractor payment is costing you 19.3 cents per mile. Drive 10,000 miles, though, and that same payment will cost you 18.5 cents per mile. This is one of your major fixed costs while paying off a truck loan. The difference in this example is only a fraction of a cent, which may seem like small change, but it ultimately amounts to $960 more annually on the bottom line. Because though fixed costs do not go down over time, you can reduce your cost per mile with more paid miles. Brought to you by Shell Rotella, with advanced synthetic technology is designed to help keep your rig running with more mileage and less maintenance. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE. Phone number is 866-90-RED-EYE, 866-907-3339. By the way, coming up after the uh, bottom of the hour break, uh, the media and how they reported this um, rocket attack on this hospital, uh, they are now being called out as they should. And uh, I'm going to read to you and let you listen to some of the worst instigators as far as the uh, false story, the fake news, as Donald Trump always says, fake news about uh, how many in the media reported early on that uh, the the hospital was blown up by Israel and how so many in the media literally simply accepted the Hamas story, the, the Palestinians' authority, uh, and, and their, uh, their story that it was uh, Israel as opposed to what ultimately now we know that it was this offshoot of Hamas. Right now, though, I want to say hello to Matt in Michigan on Red Eye Radio. Hey, Matt. Hey, how you doing, Dan? Thanks for taking my call. You bet. Go ahead. Hey, I was thinking to myself, uh, if I was president, I would call every leader of every nation and ask them one question. If, and I hate to say this, but if you had to eliminate one or the other, would it be Israel or Hamas? 
Well, I think we already know that if you're asking like, uh, you know, Jordan, you're asking, you know, Gaza, you're asking, you know, most of these Arab nations, you know, they're going to say that they would uh, want uh, Israel eliminated. And and most and the yes. Western nations, I, I, the Western nations would all say that they uh, would want Hamas eliminated. I, I think that, you know, sadly, um, you know, we give uh, aid and, and this goes right back to the, you know, what we were talking about the last couple of nights where, you know, we give aid to the enemies of our friends, right? We, we, do, we do help Hamas. I've, I've documented that uh, in this program in the last couple of nights. Uh, we, we have been helping uh, fund Hamas. The Biden administration does. And, uh, of course, we all know that uh, Biden helped fund Iran. Donald Trump had uh, basically his, uh, you know, his boots on the neck of Iran, and, and they were hurting. And then Joe Biden takes over and, and he opened up the, the, the oil gates, the floodgates of oil from Iran, looking the other way on these sanctions. And, and that allows Iran to, uh, you know, bring in tens of billions of dollars. And that money is funneled into Hamas and then Hamas attacks Israel. I mean, uh, you're right. I mean, yeah. the, the problem with our with the Biden administration is on the one hand, they go and they hug Bibi Netanyahu. And then he's then Biden stabs him right in the back with this, uh, you know, blood money to Iran. I totally agree. And I just wanted to put my two cents worth in. I, it's not a question I wanted to ask. I just think it's the only question left. All right. Well, I, I thank you uh, very much for the call. Uh, Matt calling from Michigan. And this is Steve calling from Arizona on Red Eye Radio. Hey, Steve, how are you, man? Doing pretty good. Uh, yeah, I was just talking to the screener, and he, he made a good point, you know, uh, that because uh, I was saying that, that should something like giving all, all that money to Ukraine or to uh, Gaza should be voted on. And the, your screener said, should we vote? You mean us or the Congress? And I said, somebody, you know, should I don't think Biden should just be able to just hand over and I thought I thought he said something like a hundred billion. Is that right, or was it a hundred million? There, there. So there, there, there's two. There, there, there's two things going on. And let me explain it to you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to put you on hold. Time coming up to the break. But uh, there, there's two different stories out there. Number one is a hundred million dollars is going to uh, humanitarian aid to the people of Gaza. So that's a hundred million dollars. Uh, the question is, will that money actually go to uh, the the people in the Gaza Strip, or will that money go to Hamas? Because historically, Hamas uh, gets that money. That's number one. Number two, hundred billion dollar uh, aid package is being drafted, my friend, as we speak. And I'll give the details on that straight ahead on Red Eye Radio. Red Eye Radio from the Uniden America Studios. Now for Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. Here is Dan Mandis. Eight six six ninety Red Eye is the phone number. Eight six six nine zero seven thirty three thirty nine. This is such a weird story. This is top of the uh, top of the Daily Mail, and it's a, a, a photograph 
Well, this is the headline. Harvard students hold die-in, D-I-E, die-in, and massive protests in support of Palestine just 12 days after their letter, of course, you all know, the letter letter uh, condemning Israel uh, sparked outrage. And so I guess what they're doing, I'm, I'm looking at this picture and, um, you know, they're all like, <laughs> I guess what they're trying to do is they're laying on the ground and pretending they're dead. Is that what they're doing? I mean, I guess these people are so weird. I, just, I don't I don't understand it. Uh, apparently, this is what the uh, this is how the story reads. I just opened this up. So I'm trying to make heads or tails uh, out of it. Harvard pro-Palestinian groups held a die-in on Wednesday, just a week after the deadly terrorist attack by Hamas that killed more than 1,400 people in Israel. They say the Harvard Palestine Solidarity Committee and Harvard graduate students for Palestine organized Wednesday's march from Harvard's main campus in Cambridge to its business school in Boston. According to the invitation, the march was organized in part due to, they say, an Israeli airstrike on an hospital in Gaza. Despite the U.S. intel clarifying that Israel was reportedly not behind the explosion. You know, it, it is. We're talking earlier about the freedom of speech here in this country. And, and one of the things that I said was freedom of speech gives everyone the opportunity to show everyone else how dumb they are, how irrational they are. And, and this is an, another uh, perfect example. Videos from the event show dozens of protesters filling the streets alongside the Charles River with many waving Palestinian flags, chanting slogans like no justice, no peace and holding signs saying stop the genocide in Gaza. You know what I've noticed? I've, I've noticed this word genocide is uh, being used when it, it, it comes to Israel defending itself. But you'll notice that if it's Hamas terrorists killing, you know, hundreds or well over a thousand Israelis, uh, Jewish folks, uh, they're freedom fighters, right? They're not terrorists. It's not genocide. They're freedom fighters and they're they're trying to, you know, defeat the oppressors. It's just crazy. And I think part of what is so frustrating for someone like me, because I deal in truth, and, and I think this is, and then I'm going to move on. But, you know, when you look at what the truth is, and when you look at the fact that here in this country, there is an absolute battle going on in this country as, you know, you, you have one side of the aisle, you have one major political party, the Democrats, and, and they, are, they are perpetually telling lies. They are perpetually saying that something is true when it is clearly not. There is a battle, a war over what is the truth in this country. And it's always these folks on the left that are bastardizing the truth. And these are the same people, by the way, that that said for four years that everything that Donald Trump said was a lie. When in reality, it's their side 
that is telling far, far more lies than Donald Trump ever did. And let's face it, the media told uh, far more lies about Donald Trump than than Donald Trump ever told himself. And it it started on, on day one of Donald Trump's presidency. When you had the media breathlessly reporting that the president had the bust of Martin Luther King Jr. removed from the Oval Office when he actually did not. And that really set the tone for the four years that Donald Trump was in the in the White House. So as a guy who, you know, really does live in the truth. I talk about the truth. I talk about what is going on in this country. And let me tell you something, friends, in in this country, uh, the truth hurts. And so it is so incredibly infuriating when I see these these activists Leftist organizations, these progressive organizations and people like Rashida Tlaib out there still saying that that hospital was attacked by Israel when there is so much evidence to the contrary. And yet they they still go on with their narrative. And so I guess the the question I'm going to have that these uh, Harvard students, you know, out there doing this silly little die in. okay, whatever. But it's based on a lie. And again, I'm going to say it is always these folks on the left. You want some more examples? Joe Biden. Joe Biden. Every time I turn around, I hear Joe Biden talking about the reason why he decided to run for uh, president back in 2020. And he says it was a battle for the soul of our nation. And the reason why it was a battle for the soul of our nation is because Joe Biden's contention is that Donald Trump said that white supremacists were good people after Charlottesville. And he continues. To talk about that lie, he continues to purport that that's what Donald Trump said when even the Washington Post. Says that that comment has been taken completely out of context, and that is Absolutely not what Donald Trump said. So Joe Biden's entire presidency is based on a lie. How about the lie that uh, the the border is uh, secure? Obviously another lie. In other words, the the Democrats and the progressives, I mean, if I if I really thought about it, Heck, I could open up the phone lines right now. What is your favorite Democrat lie? Because there's so many out there. And there are truths that they refuse to acknowledge. The truth that their policies have led to rampant crime in cities run by Democrats. And their soft on crime policies, their bail reform policies, their George Soros funded DAs. All of those things lead to rampant crime. Yet they will refuse to acknowledge it. Their defund the police movement led to rampant crime. Led to shortage of police officers across the country. And what did that do? That, again, led to more crime. And the big lie there with the Democrats is their refusal to acknowledge the absolute truth and the obvious truth. 
I mean, there's so many things. Here's the other one. Here's another one. My listeners in Nashville know that I absolutely obsess over this. When the uh, Border Patrol was accused of using whips on those Haitian refugees, uh, those uh, Haitian migrants, when that never happened. Remember that whole story where you had the Border Patrol? They were on the horses and a a photographer, a, a reporter took photographs and the photographs were uh, taken and the photos looked like the Border Patrol was whipping these Haitians. But that's not what was happening. The guy even said that's not what was happening. That the photographs were taken out of context. But the Biden administration still and the Democrats still say that the Border Patrol whipped those Haitians. They even took away their ability to utilize horses. And so for the Democrats, it's, it's like there, there's so many different types of lies that the Democrats will say. There's the outright lies like the border is secure. And then there's the lies that apparently now a lot of these folks are going to uh, can you continue to talk about where the Israelis bombed that hospital. And then there's the, the lie I would say that is a form of a lie. And that would be the failure to acknowledge the truth. And the obvious truth, and that would be the things that I just mentioned, which is the failure to acknowledge that uh, their their policies, their soft on crime policies has led to massive rampant crime in the streets. So I would say, yeah, that's a that's a form of a lie, the failure to acknowledge the truth. Oh, here's another one from the left. And also there are some Republicans that were guilty of this as well. The, the anti-Trump movement, basically. About the laptop from hell and, and the media involved in these lies as well. When they say, oh, well, you know, the laptop from hell, it was nothing but Russian disinformation. That was a lie. And that was a lie that was told by those 51 intelligence uh, officials. From, they say, both sides of the aisle used to discredit. The Hunter Biden laptop, which ultimately led to what I would say is a stolen election. Because if you look at the polling that came out after that whole thing happened and Joe Biden was elected president, what did what did millions of Americans say? They said that if they knew that the laptop from hell was actually credible, they would not have voted for Joe Biden. There's a great piece out there that I'm going to share with you probably in the next hour from Molly Hemingway. Can the intelligence agencies ever be trusted again after what happened with the laptop from hell? And the the people that signed that letter that gave Joe Biden cover, they are unrepentant. People like Leon Panetta, John Brennan. They refuse to apologize for lying to the American people. Just like CNN, just like MSNBC and all those other outlets, including the networks who for months, if not years, said the laptop from hell was nothing but Russian disinformation. It was credible. They finally admitted it after Joe Biden was elected president. You want to talk about the great lie. They talk about 
Donald Trump and the great lie of, you know, quote unquote, the stolen election and all those things. I could do this. I the entire I'm not going to. But I could this entire five hour broadcast, I could I could document lie after lie after lie that the Democrats have told. And now this is going to be another one that they're going to continue to tell that the Israelis bombed that hospital because it fits with their narrative. And oftentimes their narrative is completely opposite from what the truth actually is. 866-90-RED-EYE, 866-907-3339. This is Dan Mandis on Red Eye Radio. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. Red Eye Radio, 866-90-RED-EYE, 866-907-3339. Guy found me on, um, on social media, sent me a, a, a private message saying, well, you know, the, the hospital wasn't even hit right out there in, uh, in Gaza. I even reported you folks yesterday. I think we're, we're arguing over semantics because I reported to you even last night that there's some question as to whether it uh, hit the hospital directly or did it hit the parking lot next to the hospital? But you can't deny that there was significant damage to the hospital. And and the bigger point is that Israel is being blamed for it when clearly the evidence shows otherwise. And and also just for the record, as I pointed out in the first hour here on uh, Red Eye Radio, they're also saying now that uh, there's uh, was not 500 people killed. They don't know how many were killed, but not uh, they're saying it certainly was not 500. Uh, this is uh, Anthony on Long Island in New York. Anthony, thanks for calling Red Eye Radio. Oh, thank you. Uh, you're, you're amazing. You know, I listened to you last night with your line of questioning with Richard, and it was outstanding. Um, you know, the lies started on December 28th when Barack Obama he jet, uh, shuttered two embassies, one on the Potomac and one in Glen Cove, Long Island, uh, uh, he gave the uh, the dignitaries 24 hours to evacuate both embassies and shuttered them. Was that, that was Russia, Russia, Russia began right from the Oval Office. The other hoax would be uh, Jussie Smollett running around with mega hats on, saying with a noose around his neck, saying he got hung. That's another thing. They yep. don't know what a woman is. That's another lie. I mean, it's just it's 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 out. It's it blows my mind <laughs> the dysfunction and the just utter disrespect for the. The politician, I mean, the uh, the electorate to, to tell us to make if you don't vote for me, you ain't black. And then oh, you have that guy, Richard, last night who yeah. was saying, well, well, let me let me do this here. I've got to I've got to move on end of the hour. But you're on to a really important point, because these politicians think that the American people are dumb enough to fall for their lies when we actually know the truth. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. 
Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. For Gary McNamara and Eric Harley, Dan Mandis, this is Red Eye Radio. 866-90-RED-EYE is the phone number, 866-907-3339. You can find out more about me on the Dan Mandis Show Facebook page. I'm also on Instagram. Definitely follow me on Twitter at Dan Mandis Show. I I did just tweet out that uh, story that I mentioned in the previous hour where where these these Harvard students, uh, they're now, you know, there's something offensive. I I don't think I'm going to be able to get over this. So the Harvard students, and if you're just joining us for this hour, uh, beginning in this hour, these Harvard students, and you can, again, find the story uh, on my Twitter page at Dan Mandish Show, but they're, they're holding a die-in in Massachusetts. Does anybody else find it incredibly offensive that these more than likely rich and privileged Harvard students are holding this, you know, silly little die-in when people are really dying in Gaza? When people are really dying in Israel and and these folks are holding their die in protesting the uh, protesting the bombing of that hospital in Gaza. And they're still uh, perpetuating this lie that Israel is, uh, you know, the one that did it when we know that it wasn't was not Israel. It was the Islamic uh, Jihad, a a group very much like and, and probably a partner of Hamas. By the way, the very latest, uh, the uh, Israeli Defense Forces, the IDF, launching huge bombing campaign against Hezbollah military targets along its northern border with Lebanon after the terror group, of course, financed by Iran, fired anti-tank and rounds into Israel. So there's there's a lot of news that's uh, going on out there this morning again and appreciate you listening to Red Eye Radio. And again, the phone number is eight six six ninety red eye eight six six nine zero seven thirty three thirty nine. I really like this um, article from Mariel Heming Molly Molly Hemingway, and uh, she is one of my favorites. And uh, one of the things that she has always talked about is this uh, fifty one uh, various intelligence uh, agency officials who came out, of course, as you all know, and uh, they said that the the laptop from hell was Russian disinformation. And you remember the moment. I, I don't have the soundbite in front of me right now, but you remember the moment. And especially the people that listen to me all the time in Nashville, Tennessee, on Super Talk, then at seven WTN, where I host a morning show, 6 to 10 Eastern, where, you know, Joe Biden said what Donald Trump is accusing me of is, you know, complete garbage. Uh, 51 uh, intelligence uh, agency experts, officials from both sides of the aisle say this is, uh, you know, Russian disinformation. And, and, and that letter, that, that letter that was signed by, the, by those 51, as you probably know, perhaps know, it was, it was created purposely for the reason of giving Joe Biden something to say during the debate. It, it was, you know, created to give Joe Biden some cover. Well, this is from Real Clear Politics. You know, Leon Panetta is is one of them. You got John Brennan, just a a whole bunch of folks in the uh, intelligence sphere who, uh, you know, put their put their name to this piece of crap, piece of paper. This is from Real Clear Politics. The Federalist Molly Hemingway reacted to Leon Panetta 
refusing to acknowledge the Hunter Biden laptop is real and to apologize for adding his signature to the letter signed by another over 50 intelligence officials declaring the Hunter Biden laptop to be inauthentic and Russian propaganda. When the New York Post broke the news about this Hunter Biden laptop and what it showed about the Biden family business, it was squashed by these 50 former intel agents falsely asserting that it was Russian disinformation, Hemingway wrote. So we were actually the victim of a disinformation operation run by these people. And they refused to accept any kind of accountability. She continues to write, it's like shocking and appalling that this man who had a position of trust, Leon Panetta, would express no regret about participating in a disinformation operation. And this is in the context, of course, of the other disinformation operations that those same people ran of falsely alerting Donald Trump had stole the 2016 election by colluding with Russia, she says, and it's true. It's a horrible thing that people cannot trust intelligence agencies, and it's because not only of these actions, but their refusal to repent or apologize. Well, they're not, I would say to Molly Hemingway, they're they're not going to uh, repent or apologize. Because you know what it's like? It's not like this was a mistake. It wasn't a mistake. It was a lie. And it's just like, you know, when people say, wow, the Biden administration, they they're so uh, incompetent on the border. They're not incompetent. They're purposely leaving the border open. I mean, that's what they're doing. They're trying to import an entire new block of uh, voters eventually when they provide them all with, uh, you know, amnesty and the ability to vote. It's a whole new block of voters that they believe will be voting Democrat. So these aren't, you know, as far as the the border goes, I mean, you know, it's not a it's a it's a lie when they say the border is secure. But, uh, you know, they they're lying to the American people. But in, in reality, they're. They're trying to create this opportunity so that they can ensure that they will be able to stay in power for, you know, decades to come. I mean, that That's what it's all about. But we wrapped up the last hour and, and the guy had called in and he we were talking about I did this whole thing about, you know, the Democrats and the media and lies and all of this uh, other stuff. And it's 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 not only the fact that they're lying, but also the fact that. They believe that the, the American people are dumb enough to fall for it. They believe that the American people are dumb enough to fall for the lies and they're, you know, they're unrepentant and they do it constantly. You know, one of the other one of the other things that I believe is a lie out there and, and then I'll get to some of your calls. But one of the other things that um, is out there is, you know, uh, Donald Trump has said, obviously, many times he'll say, well, the election of 2016 was stolen. 2020 was stolen. And people will say, you know, oh, my gosh, he's lying about that. You know, they call it the big lie. Well, I mean, I I can very easily and I've done it many, many times. Said that the election was stolen and it has nothing to do. And, and please don't call about ballot boxes and ballot machines and all that, because what I will say is the election of, of 2020 was stolen 
by the way that the Democrats, they politicized COVID. And they changed election laws around the country and they, they did it unconstitutionally. Because they changed the voting laws by uh, not going through the state legislatures. But, you know, you had some of these uh, attorneys general and, and election officials and so forth. They were the ones that changed the voting laws and, and not the state legislatures. In many cases, that's number one. Number two, again, the laptop from hell. That is another one where that that was a lie. And uh, they used that to manipulate the uh, the election. So, I mean, I, I again, I could do this all day. I'm not going to bother because it's, you know, to me, water under the bridge now. But you know what? You want to talk about the great lie. I, I will talk about the laptop from hell. To me, that is the great lie. You know, it is so ironic, too, because you, you have people on the left and they'll sit here and, and they'll talk about and they'll and they'll talk about it uh, incessantly about how, you know, Donald Trump and his supporters, they're all a bunch of Nazis and, and Donald Trump is Hitler in all this stuff. And they have this sort of holier than thou mentality on their side. As the great arbiters of truth, and this is the same for the mainstream media, the great arbiters of truth. But the reality is that um, they are perpetuating far more lies than the Donald Trump and conservatives ever have. The phone number is 866-90-RED-EYE, 866-907-3339. This is uh, Jerry, and he's calling from uh, Iowa on Red Eye Radio. Jerry, how are you? Hey, Dan, I, I, I really like it when you're on, and I certainly love the guys. So I'd like to chime in with my favorite Democrat lie. And for me, it goes back to really the 1960s. There's a book called The Social Construction of Reality. And basically it says that there is no one central truth that everybody gets to have their own reality. And to me, that's where... That's where all the lies come from, because if you feel like it's true, then it must be true. And um, so they just um, it's so it's uh, situation ethics. And there was a book in the 60s. It was it invaded American universities. It was called uh, The Social Construction of Reality by Berger and Luckman. And they just said that if you want to make something up and make it true, then you just have to persuade enough people. And so this is a Democrat reality they don't think that there's one natural law one uh truth that we all have to discover it's just that they can just say anything and it's and it's real there's it's not judeo-christian like um you know jesus says i am the way the truth and the reality they they feel like uh you and i would say that there are multiple perspectives yes they don't say that there are multiple perspectives and so that's my favorite lie because that's the one that gives birth to all the other strange weirdo garbage that they just pull out of their hat all well it's well jerry jerry there whenever hey jerry whenever somebody says you know you must honor my truth you know that that always gets my uh you know gets my my blood boiling because well well okay but what if your truth is the complete polar opposite of the truth and and we see that all the time you know uh, with the, the whole conversation about what is a woman. I mean, a, a man can say, well, my truth is that I'm a woman. Okay, well, that might be your truth, but the reality is that you've got boy parts. 
And so you can try and convince other people that you're <laughs> a woman, but you might want to take a look south. Anyway, Jerry, thank you very much for the call. I uh, very much appreciate it. Uh, this is uh, Rex in Valencia, California. Rex, thanks for calling Red Eye Radio. Yes, thank you. I think that the Republicans should take the uh, 22 that couldn't support Jim Jordan and the uh, Republican Conservative Caucus, or whatever they call themselves, mm-hmm. and write down 10 names of people they could support and see if there's somebody they could concur with. Yeah, you know what, I Rex, I appreciate uh, the call. I I, I, I think um, that whole thing is a complete train wreck. I think they're supposed to. I haven't even really covered that today because there's so many other things going on. I covered it extensively yesterday. Uh, Jim Jordan uh, failed, I believe, uh, Rex, today. He, he failed in uh, a second vote. And I think are they going to try to um, have another vote uh, on, on Thursday? Uh, Rex, do you know if that's the, the latest on that story? Um. Well, I don't know. Maybe, maybe. All right, I'll, 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 I'll find out. I, if, you, if you listen last night, I'm a big uh, Jim Jordan supporter. Uh, we have the moderates who now two times uh, you have the moderates that have decided to torpedo uh, Jim Jordan's uh, quest to become Speaker of the House. And I, I, as a matter of fact, he got fewer votes this time uh, than he did on the first go round. So the. The drive for a Speaker of the House continues in the House of Representatives. I don't know what they're they're going to do. I mean, Rex, he, he's asking about this. And, OK, so if you don't support uh, Jim Jordan, well, then who would you support? I can tell you, Rex, they, they would probably uh, say three people, Patrick McHenry. McHenry uh, you've got uh, Steve Scalise, uh, perhaps, and um, uh, Kevin McCarthy. Those are the three that those moderates would more than likely support. Rex, I appreciate the call. I'm going to look up the latest on uh, Jim Jordan just because I, I feel like I need to know, and I'll let you folks know. Coming up next on Red Eye Radio, 866-90-RED-EYE, 866-907-3339. Dan Mandis here on Red Eye Radio. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll-free at 866-90-RED-EYE. Red Eye Radio, 866-90-RED-EYE is the phone number. By the way, uh, Joe Biden is returning from his trip to Israel. He is set to make a primetime address uh, tonight from the Oval Office on the Israel-Hamas war. So uh, something else to look forward to from the president. Uh, There is a lot going on. I've been covering a lot of this news for you this morning. I want to take a couple more of your phone calls, including uh, Dan calling from Sebastian, Florida on Red Eye Radio. Dan, how are you? Hello, it's a pleasure to talk to you, sir. Uh, I actually called up to talk about my consternation with the hospital bombing, but uh, what it is is that there's only one fact. There's only one truth. And you brought up the uh, laptop from hell, and uh, it goes back to the same thing. Uh, I'm just a old retired electrician but when i read uh, miranda devine's book about it i knew what the facts were and uh these people come out and say oh no no it's 
It's the other way. I knew what the facts were. This hospital deal uh, in Israel, uh, it's horrible. And uh, the fact that I heard, I think it was about 6 o'clock this evening, uh, that the rockets hit the parking lot Mm -hmm. and that the casualties were in the dozens, not the hundreds. And I sure hope Biden knew a lot before I did what the facts were. Well, uh, yeah, and it didn't matter. Well, here, here's what I would say, Dan, and I, and I appreciate uh, the call. A couple things. Number one, yes, the and, and we talked about this last night. The the rocket. It looks like it hit the parking lot next to the hospital, and the hospital still uh, sustained a lot of damage. I don't know how many people. Uh, have been killed. I've seen, you said, a couple uh, couple dozen. I've, I'm still seeing in some reports uh, a couple hundred. I, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see what uh, when they clear out all the rubble, how many casualties there are. But see, the bigger, the bigger point that I am focused on is the amount of, of media that uh, are, were, at the time, focusing on who did it. And they were blaming Israel. And here's the, here's the, the bigger issue is that they were blaming Israel uh, for the, you know, for the bombing of the hospital, even when there was substantial evidence to show that it was not Israel or before there was evidence at all about who did it. So they were blaming Israel uh, before all of the evidence was in. And even when the evidence started to come in that it clearly was not Israel, they were still blaming Israel. And meantime, as I said last night, I mean, we in, in, in cities all across the Middle East. You had embassies being surrounded, you had embassies being vandalized. I, I think the uh, some of the embassies were were actually burned to the ground or at least burned. Even before the evidence was in. And so part of me is thinking as uh, you know, we look at all of this. Is that. They could have they could have actually this mob of people uh, inspired by what they believe or what they were led to believe was an Israeli attack on a Gaza hospital. People could have been killed. People actually could have been killed. But as I keep saying, and I know I sound like a broken record on this, you know, it, it really doesn't matter to these uh, Arab nations. It doesn't matter what the truth is. They will continue to blame Israel and, and Rashida Tlaib. This uh, goes back to the first hour. Rashida Tlaib was uh, out there uh, in Washington, D.C. on uh, Wednesday, and, and she was blaming Israel, even though at this point we absolutely know that it was not Israel. And so this is, you know, I, I'm assuming this is going to be one of those uh, lies that the Harvard students, I was talking about that earlier, Harvard students also Uh, having their little die-in, and they are still perpetuating the same lie. Radio from the Uniden America studios. Now for Gary McNamara and Eric Harley, here is Dan Mandis. 
866-90-RED-EYE is the phone number, 866-907-3339. I want to get to some of this uh, audio and also some of your calls as well. I'm going to blow through some of these stories uh, that really do need to be told. And one of the things that uh, is going on this morning is uh, there's a great story about crime in the streets. And uh, I know we've been very Israel heavy, as we should be, uh, regarding what's going on with Israel and um, Hamas and all that. But there's other things that are going on. And um, I thought this was really interesting. This is out of uh, Los Angeles, Sherman Oaks, uh, California. Used to actually live in Sherman Oaks. This is a a post from a, a local journalist in... Los Angeles, and it 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 just plays right perfectly into this uh, narrative that the Democrats are soft on crime and that is killing that is killing number one, legit businesses. And number two, it is killing cities as well. He says uh, this is uh, Jonathan. Hatami over the weekend, he says a woman was arrested for slamming her car into stores destroying several businesses and burning a car in Los Angeles. He says that she was released on no bail. She was just because, you know, bail reform, right? Because bail is somehow racist. And so this uh, woman was released on no bail again after slamming her car into stores, destroying several businesses, burning a car in Los Angeles. She's released on no bail. He goes on to say yesterday she went on a crime spree, setting approximately 10 fires, almost killing two people who were sleeping in a car and completely destroying a florist shop, Mark's Garden in Sherman Oaks. He goes on to say, my thoughts and prayers go out to Mark and all of the victims here. Uh, This is not prioritizing, he says, public safety. And he's absolutely right. In Los Angeles, you folks listening on KABC in Los Angeles, can I just ask you folks in Los Angeles, why are you still there? I mean, I get the palm trees and the beaches and the weather. It's all great. But, man, how you folks uh, continue to live there is beyond me. Anyway, this uh, guy, Jonathan Hatami, says, uh, my thoughts and prayers go out to Mark and all the victims. Uh, This is not prioritizing public safety. Zero dollar bail and George Gascon have completely left out the victims and the safety of our communities. He says it isn't right. We must take L.A. back. I don't know how you do that. How do you take the uh, the streets of America back? I mean, you know, we could all talk about the Second Amendment, but the reality is, is that it feels like some of these cities are so far gone because of the policies of the Democrats, that there really is no way to be able to take these uh, cities back. And as the Republicans are are doing everything that they can to take back, you know, the White House and take back the Senate and do whatever they can to build a majority, uh, a stronger majority in the House of Representatives, you know, the the city streets, they're ultimately going by way of uh, disaster. Because we've got all of these homeless people. We've got all of the gang problems that's going on. We've got in uh, Massachusetts. Did you see this in Massachusetts? The, the governor of Massachusetts is saying we simply cannot 
you know, accept any more migrants. So you've got all of these different issues that are, are going on in city streets all across America. And the question has to be asked, OK, so how do you get these city streets back? He brings up a great point. You know, how do we retake the streets of Los Angeles? How do we retake the streets of New York? How do we retake the streets of Chicago? How do we retake the streets of Washington, D.C.? I don't believe that you can. And, and you know why that is, right? The reason why I believe that we cannot retake these streets is because oftentimes the people who are most victimized by the bad policies of the Democrats still vote for that same party, still vote for the Democrats. So it's like this endless cycle of bad decisions by people who are Democrat. You've got the the politicians who make bad decisions like, you know, bail reform and, you know, all of these other things, soft on crime policies. So they do these things. And the people who live in those districts, the Democrats who vote these people in, they suffer the consequences of these decisions, but they still vote for the same type of person in the next election. And so, quite frankly, friends, it really is hard for me to feel sorry for these people. I just I, I don't. I don't feel sorry for them because they do it to themselves. You know, sometimes it's uncomfortable to talk about. I've got a lot of friends uh, still in Los Angeles. And, you know, I, I ask him these kinds of questions. You know, why did you why did you vote for that district attorney again? Why did you why did you vote for that city council? Why did you vote for that mayor? Why did you vote for that school board? If you have negative results. Then why did you vote for a different result? That's always the stunning thing. It's like, ah, the city's going to hell. Really? Who'd you vote for as mayor? Well, I voted for the Democrat, of course. Well, then this is your own fault. You know, there are cities, and then I promise I'm going to move on. There are cities out there that have had years of Democrat rule. And you can see whether we're talking about city councils, whether we're talking about, you know, mayors. And they've got just years, generations And over the years, as the Democrat Party has become more and more radical, these cities go into worse and worse uh, disrepair. Whether we're talking about the schools, whether we're talking about housing, whether we're talking about crime. And so you can actually track this stuff. And so when, you know, the the guy I was reading his tweets and, you know, he said, and I hear people say this all the time, we've got to take back the streets of America. Well, to do that, you have to talk some sense into the people that are voting. The party that is destroying those streets into office time and time and time again, 86690 red eye Joe Biden. So uh, he is going to uh, have a a little speech tonight. Apparently he's going to address the the people of uh, America. And uh, he said some rather bizarre things, and it's been uh, well documented. But I I, want to play you some things that Joe Biden said and the reaction from Ari Fleischer. He was on Laura Ingram's show last night, and I, I loved his reaction. Now, you know that Ari Fleischer used to be, 
the uh, White House press secretary for George, George W. Bush. And uh, so this is a guy who knows because uh, Fleischer was with George W. Bush uh, during 9-11. And so he has been through it. But this is what Joe Biden said. Of course, you've heard this before. And based on what I've seen, it appears as though it was done by the other team, not not you. But there's a lot of people out there not sure. So we got a lot. We got to overcome a lot of things. So Ari Fleischer heard that, and he uh, says on Laura Ingram that that is exactly the wrong thing to say about Hamas. Just basically saying, well, they're the other team. Uh, Memo to Joe Biden, they're a terrorist organization. The second thing he did that was just horrendous was inside that statement where he talked about the other team, which is a weird way to put it. He talked about how it didn't appear that Israel bombed the hospital, but then he said, quote, there's a lot of people out there who are not so sure. He's talking about the protesters in the streets of Lebanon and in Jordan. Why is he giving them any credence whatsoever? Why is he even citing them as being a source that should be worried about? Why doesn't he just say they're yeah. wrong? Israel didn't do it and stop right there. Well, that's exactly right. I mean, for um, Ari Fleischer, he's right. And a lot of people uh, echoed that sentiment. And, and as I've said a thousand times, you could present information to those nations that hate Israel, uh, proving their innocence, but it simply won't matter whether it is, you know, Jordan and uh, Iran and, and some of these other places. They're they're not going to uh, accept the truth. And you could put, you know, Rashida Tlaib and the students at Harvard into that same uh, bucket. The other thing Joe Biden said, and this was in a separate statement. Uh, he, he had a, a message for the people of Israel. Listen, I understand and many Americans understand. You can't look at what has happened here to your mothers, your fathers, your grandparents, sons, daughters, children, even babies, and not scream out for justice. Justice must be done. But I caution this while you feel that rage. Don't be consumed by it. <laughs> so Joe Biden is lecturing the people of Israel at being consumed by rage. Now, these people have seen their babies mutilated, their mothers, fathers, brothers, and sisters, and husbands and wives killed and kidnapped by the thousands. Who the heck is Joe Biden lecture anybody about whether or not they should be consumed by rage? And Ari Fleischer had a a great thing to say about this because, you know, he calls out Biden and and he says basically the same thing that I just said, which is, who the hell do you think you are, Joe Biden? And when he said that Israelis should not be consumed by rage, who the hell does he think he is? I sat in on every single summit meeting with foreign leaders when they came to the United States after September 11th and met with President Bush. Not a one of them. Not one said to President Bush, the Americans shouldn't be consumed with rage. Instead, they just came to support us. So President Biden, who said some good things, never should admonish or lecture Israel about how to react like that. He's absolutely right. That is uh, Ari Fleischer, and he's got some great points. Want to say hello to Steve calling from Los Angeles on Red Eye Radio. Steve, how are you? Oh, good, Dan. I've got a couple things to say. I know you've got a lot of callers and a lot to say. I live in Los Angeles. I'm from Wyoming originally. 
which is one of the most red places. I've lived in L.A. for almost 30 years. Up until a few years ago, it was great to live here. Um, since then, my motorcycle was stolen um, about 15 months ago. They caught the perp. He had priors. Um, in fact, he'd stolen one or two other motorcycles. They sent me a victim impact letter saying part of his probation was he had to give me $1,500, which was less than half of the damage he did to my bike. Uh, they caught him off, obviously. Um, since then, I've been calling all the time, and they basically tell me the letter was just uh, to make you try and feel better, but there will, you'll get no money. Right, um, right, right, right. I, I, I have a property management company. I have, people have their mailboxes broke into with screwdrivers. My mail was stolen from the post office when I dropped it in a mailbox. They, they, the criminals find a way to fish it out of the mailbox. So now I have to make sure the post office is open and take it inside. They washed the letters or the checks that was were, was for my clients, the owners of properties. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a major felony, and the people they don't even worry about crime in LA. So thank God, two and a half years ago, I bought a house in Florida, and I will be leaving LA, and I'll put a nice sign on my uh, U-Haul. Um, showing all the people all the way across America why I'm leaving California. But the, the other, the real thing, I reason I call was I watched Brett Bear talk to Leon Panetta the other night, and I have a DVR, and I DVR'd it, almost everything I watched. So I'm watching Brett Bear, and he's got Panetta sitting there, and you can tell he's just laid back, having a nice chat, thinking this whole conversation is going to be about Israel and, and Hamas. And Brett Bear towards the end says, you know, I'd be remiss if I didn't bring up the uh, 51 intel agents that uh, helped uh, Biden <laughs> win a – he didn't say it as much as I would. I would have I would lambasted his ass. Right. But you could tell Leon Panetta start getting fidgety and knowing he has to lie. And that just like the uh, Hamas protectors lie, Panetta and all these cockroaches, and that's what they are, they, they lie about this. FBI knew, had Hunter's laptop. They had that laptop when he was being impeached yep. for calling Zelensky regarding um, uh, corruption in Ukraine. And, and, and Steve, and, 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 and Steve, hey, I got to put you on. Yeah. Hey, Steve, I got to put you. I got to put you on hold. I'm late for a break. You bring up cool. great points. I'm going to okay. add something to that, Steve. Hold on. Eight six six ninety Red Eye. This is Red Eye Radio. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio toll free at eight six six ninety Red Eye. It's Red Eye Radio, 866-90-RED-EYE, 866-907-3339. My name is Dan Mandis in for Gary and Eric. They return next uh, Sunday night, Monday morning. By the way, you can find out more about me. I'm on Instagram, I'm on Twitter, I'm on Facebook as well. I host a morning show in Nashville, Tennessee on Super Talk, 99.7 WTN. Got a lot more straight ahead on Red Eye Radio. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. 
It's Red Eye Radio. Talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. From the Uniden America Studios, for Gary McNamara and Eric Harley, Dan Mandis, this is Red Eye Radio. 866-90-RED-EYE is the phone number, 866-907-3339. So much to continue to talk about. We have been going over all things Israel. We've been talking about uh, the lies of the media. I have a whole... I have a whole segment, by the way, that I haven't even done yet, where it's an example of how the media has been lying and, and was lying about uh, the the who who bombed the hospital in, in Israel. But I think I've we probably you know hammered that thing to death. But it's just, you know, it's clear that the media sold the uh, story that it was Israel that bombed the hospital early on until uh, they had actual evidence that Israel did not uh, bomb that hospital. But the media went just crazy with the story. And when you look at the tweets, when you listen to the audio, they they definitely punched the part of the story that accused Israel of these bomb strikes. And so now there's a lot of folks that are looking at that story. And, you know, there it's yet another reminder that you can't always trust Uh, what the media is uh, selling. And this is, again, yet another example. President Biden is going to be addressing the nation tonight. Uh, We have been talking at great length about the various uh, funding packages, uh, aid packages that uh, President Biden is putting together. One of them, $100 million going to the people of Gaza. The problem with that is that there's no mechanism from what I understand. I'm, I'm reading up on, you know, what the president wants to do, although not all the details are out yet. But there is no mechanism to ensure that that money isn't going to end up in the hands of Hamas because there's there's all kinds of um, funding or aid that goes to uh, Gaza. The problem is that it never really makes it to the people of Gaza. And so the, the people of Gaza, they're so angry. This is this is the crazy bass backwards thinking Uh, of the Middle East, because you have all of this funding going to help the people of Gaza. Yet, guess what happens? Hamas gets it. Yet you've got all the people of Gaza. They're they're angry with Israel. Doesn't make any sense. They ought to be pissed off at at, uh, Hamas. Hamas is the the ones that, uh, you know, are are keeping them down. Hamas was the one ones that uh, the, the terrorist organization that wouldn't let them evacuate to the south. So you've got that story out there. You've also got uh, apparently now the uh, president word is from The Wall Street Journal and a couple of other places that they are crafting a 100 billion with a B, a 100 billion dollar aid package. And it's going to include uh, Israel, Taiwan and mostly Ukraine. Now, I want to go through that again. Because I want to make sure you heard exactly what I said. Israel, Taiwan, and Ukraine. And word is Ukraine's going to get the most money. So what they did, and, and this is such a dirty trick, and, and this is what angers me so much about Washington, D.C., is you have this majority, apparently, at least, uh, you know, maybe 60, 70 billion of that, uh, 100 billion, is going to go to Ukraine. 
they tie in Israel. Israel, I guess, has asked for $10 billion in, in assistance to deal with all of this going on with Hamas. And now the Hezbollah in the north is attacking Israel. So now you've got a war going on on two different fronts. And so Israel needs about $10 billion. So what they're doing is they're tying the Israel aid with the Ukraine aid. The reason why they're doing that is because they know darn right well that there's no possible way that um, the Republicans would vote for another 60, 70 billion dollars in funding for Ukraine. At least not with some sort of a a safeguard or accountability measures. And this is the problem with Washington, D.C. and in funding, uh, you know, by and large, is they lump all of these things together. So if you're a Republican. And you're against more funding for Ukraine, which, you know, there's a lot of Republicans that are saying that if you're against funding for Ukraine. But the package comes with funding for Israel. Well, you can't possibly vote no funding for Israel. Our longest ally, one of our longest running allies and our really our only uh, true ally in the Middle East. Well, then how could you possibly vote against that? You can't. So you have to vote for the entire spending package. That's what I hate about Washington, D.C., because all of these things and I've argued with politicians about this. All of these things should really be standalone measures. If I'm a congressman and I'm in charge of the purse spring uh, purse strings in Washington, D.C., I've got I've got 10 billion dollars for Israel. Check. Yes. 60, 70 billion dollars for Ukraine. Uh, Can we talk about this for a minute? But that's what Washington, uh, Washington, D.C. does. The phone number is 866-90-RED-EYE, 866-907-3339. In the last hour as we're wrapping up, I was having a conversation with Steve. I'm going to go back to him because, Steve, I wanted to wanted to ask you a couple of things. We're we're talking about the laptop from hell and uh, we're talking about. Because I went on this whole rant about, uh, you know, lies in the media, lies in Washington, D.C., and I used the laptop from hell story, Russian disinformation, as an example of one of those lies that came not only from Washington, D.C. and uh, these, uh, you know, 51 intelligence officials, but also the media, et cetera. And, and it was a whole part of a, a bigger monologue. But but Steve, you pointed out that uh, and it's true that these folks knew and Joe Biden knew when they put out that letter that the laptop from hell was a, a credible story. And and Brett Baer, you were talking about Brett Baer from Fox News who cornered Leon Panetta, and he's done this a couple of times, by the way, Steve, uh, with some of these other 51 signers uh, saying the laptop from hell was Russian disinformation. And, uh, you know, Panetta, he just, he shows absolutely no remorse. But, Steve, as you were saying, these folks knew the laptop was legit when they put the letter out because the FBI had had the laptop. Well, I, you know what? Panetta and all of them have to keep lying. They cannot tell the truth. They can't change because what they engaged in was election interference. A thousand percent, that's election interference. It came from social media. It came from 90 percent of the media and 51 intelligence agents lied. And there's there's plenty of, uh, of uh, polls that show 15 percent of the people that voted for this corrupt criminal in the White House 
would have either voted uh, not at all or for Trump. That's election interference. Mm-hmm. Well, it's more than that, Steve. It's a stolen election. Absolutely. And, and you know, Absolutely. in uh, and, in Washington, in Washington, D.C. these days, and then I'll, I'll, I'll let you get the final word on this. But, you know, when you start talking about, you know, quote unquote, stolen elections, you've got the um, Nancy Pelosi. There's an audio bite out there today, as a matter of fact, where she's talking about, uh, you know, attacks on democracy and all of this other B.S., and the reality is, if you would like to talk about the uh, the real attack on democracy, it came from the social media companies. It came from the mainstream media companies It came from, you know, those who were supportive of Joe Biden, who put this, uh, you know, this disinformation story out, uh, knowing they were lying. But as you said, they they their lies impacted an election. It ended up into a stolen election. And ultimately, what that means is that for the American people, we, we can't trust these intelligence agencies ever again. We, uh, when it comes to Washington, D.C., first of all, I never call it that anymore. I call it Washington, D.N.C. Um, <laughs> we have a corrupt IRS. We have a corrupt DOJ. We have a corrupt FBI. The CDC is probably corrupt. Ninety five percent of that fecal dump votes left, either Green Party or Democrat. America needs to wake up and turn off the Kardashians to see what's happening to our country. Do you know, it's funny you say that, Steve. I have been and you have that uh, history of you're the guy that has uh, journalism experience, right? Is that you? Was that another Steve um, in Los Angeles? Well, no, I, I worked in radio, but I was, wasn't ever a journalist. Um, got it. Got it. OK, well, let me let me let me let me throw this out there, too, is, um, you know, Molly Hemingway had this great article about how we can never trust the intelligence agencies. I'll take that a step further because, as you said, they're not repenting. But I'll throw that out a step step further and say, you know, the uh, mainstream media outlets, they're also not repenting. And so, you know, for uh, those of us who who watch and pay attention to these kinds of things, uh, it is hard to gain that trust back. I I think that uh, I've been watching with such disgust that the American people seem so incredibly infatuated with um, Taylor Swift and, and Travis Kelsey. You know, this this whole, uh, you know, and it's like I, I just I, I'm a nightmare to live with because my my wife just is infatuated by this story. And she starts bringing this up. I start monologuing about, you know, all the things that I would say really matter. But you know what, Steve, I, I think part of why people are infatuated and, and really intrigued and interested by the, the Travis uh, Kelsey Taylor Swift thing is because they're so tired of all of these other stories because they don't really know what to believe anymore. Steve, I got to ask you another question, though. I, I was talking about Los Angeles and, yeah. and um, you know, earlier you had said that you were moving away from Los Angeles and you're going to uh, move to Florida. And there's so many reasons I, I'm from people who may know a little bit about my history. I've filled in for a time now on Red Eye, and I host a local show in Nashville. People know that I left uh, California many, 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 many years ago. And and there's many different reasons why. I think I was one of the first uh, from the current wave to leave California, disgusted by what I, I was seeing. But what is the one reason why you're – is there like one overriding reason why you're leaving California? Because I was asking the question uh, – why do people stay? The biggest reason 
that people move here or like will put up with the nonsense is the weather's insane. I live in West L.A. Uh, almost every day is 72 and maybe a light breeze and sunny. It's, you know, 320 days a year, you know you can go have a picnic or go play golf or tennis, volleyball. You know it's going to be beautiful. I grew up in Wyoming. You get yeah. like maybe 40 days a year like this, and it's it's the weather. But the biggest thing is crime has always been part of the big cities, but now criminals are excused. And everybody's beginning to see that if you want to end crime, you have to have punishment, consequences. And the left is engaging in this incredibly stupid experiment where they don't want to, they, they want to just let criminals do what they want to do. And they think that's going to get better. It's not. And they're going well, to have it, to do some serious uh, ballot harvesting or they're going to get their butts kicked next year. Oh, I, you know what, Steve? Uh, somebody flagged this tape. Steve, after the next election, you and I are going to have a talk because I, I again, had this whole monologue about how the people, the, the Democrats are, you know, ruining the uh, cities. And, and one of the reasons why is because the people that are victimized by Democrat rule keep voting for the damn Democrats. You're right, Steve. We'll have to see what happens in the next yeah. election. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I, I got to run. I'm running late for a break. Uh, 866-90-RED has a phone number. Uh, thank you very much for calling, Steve. 866-907-3339. Brought to you by Hotshot Secret. Hi, I'm Jen Loomis, a transport safety expert at J.J. Keller, and I'm here to share a tip on roadside inspections. Roadside inspections all begin with the driver interview, during which the officer will gather basic information from the driver and prepare the driver for the inspection. The officer will also be evaluating the driver, determining if the driver can speak English, is under the influence of anything, has an illness, or is fatigued. The officer will ask the driver for required documents, including vehicle and driver credentials, the driver's log, and shipment paperwork. The officer may also conduct a vehicle inspection. Before beginning the inspection, the officer will take steps to make sure the inspection can be done safely. These include chalking the wheels, wearing personal protective equipment, and explaining what will be required of the driver. The driver needs to pay close attention to these instructions so that the vehicle inspection can be conducted in a manner that is safe for the inspection official. This tip was brought to you by J.J. Keller & Associates. Visit us at jjkeller.com. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll-free at 866-90-RED-EYE. Eight six six ninety red eye is the phone number. Dan Mann is here in for Gary and Eric. Eight six six ninety red eye. Want to say hello to? Uh, this is Robert calling from one of my favorite places in America, Charleston, South Carolina. Robert, thanks yes, for Charles- calling Red Eye Radio. Robert in Charleston. Yes, I was just going to say. Yes, that's right. I, I was just going to say that the fifty-one intelligence agents probably thought that they were working actually as um, as expert witnesses. In German, they call that a Gutachter. That means somebody who gives expert opinions. And and the fifty-one intelligence agents were actually being just asked, as far as I can tell by the letter that they wrote, whether this letter could be whether the the intelligence the, the um, the laptop could have been designed by Soviet foreign intelligence or by FSB um, in the, I think that's section five of the SSB. I'm not sure anymore. They probably changed it over the years. 
But in any case, if that would be a logical fictional story, which they would have created. And yes, I believe it is. It's 100 percent sex and combined with illicit drugs and in a hotel room or something like that. That's perfect. That's exactly what they would have designed. And that's exactly what was on that on that uh, on that laptop. So so I don't see why they should have really apologized because nobody could prove anything at that point in time. They were just asked to give their expert opinion on this. And, Not, well, and, okay, so, and, and, hey, hey, Robert, hey, Robert. So, but, but let me say this, is that when they yeah. put the letter out, they knew that the laptop yeah. was true. They also intentionally put that letter out to give Joe Biden cover, to give him something to say. Remember, um, and, and I'm, I'm going by memory now, uh, Robert, but there is some uh, congressional testimony when they're investigating all of this. And the investigation found that uh, Antony Blinken helped create the letter by recruiting all these intelligence officials to, to create the letter. And, and Blinken wanted a, a job within the Biden administration, which we now know that he got, obviously, as uh, secretary of state. But but all of these other folks as well wanted Joe Biden to win. But they knew that the laptop was real or a lot of them did. And and then they helped with well, the blackout. As, hold on, uh, Robert. Remember, they also sure. uh, then helped with the media blackout where they wouldn't report on on the laptop or they would try to uh, discredit the laptop. You also had a bunch of former FBI agents working at very various social media companies helping with the blackout uh, on that side of the story. So they used to work for the FBI. Then they go work for Facebook and they're working with the intelligence agencies and and, and everybody's sobbing when you've heard this word before, Robert, a colluding to discredit this thing. It, it was a whole thing within Washington, D.C. and the swamp to help Joe Biden. And, and I, I know what you're saying, uh, Robert. I know that when when they when they wrote the letter, they said it had all of the earmarks, I think, or, or something to that uh, effect. But they knew what they were yes. doing, they, they, but they knew what they were doing. They knew that it was real, yet they they wanted to try and cast doubt on its credibility. But but they knew that it was real. So, I mean, we, we can we can argue semantics all day long, but I think that they were wrong in uh, what they did because they they lied to the American people and they banked on their supposed uh, their own supposed credibility as experts uh, to sell the Russian disinformation. I'm going to let you have the last word. I've only got 30 seconds. Go. Well, the thing is, that may all be true, but in, 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 the, in the Soviet Union, even in the United States, there's a lot of intrigue going on, and you never know really what's going on. And when you're asked to just make a decision based upon what you know about Soviet foreign intelligence, is this the way they would do it? The answer, in my opinion, would be 100%. That's precisely what they would put on the tape. A guy connected up to a hookah having sex at the same time? Perfect. Oh, okay, thanks. I, all right. I, I, I still I, I kind of sort of get Robert's logic. I'm just we're going to have to agree to disagree because I think this whole thing, this whole ugly episode, all part of the swamp. Has someone in your family lost a job recently? 
and now you can't afford your mortgage payment? Or do you have a rental property and your tenants aren't paying you? We can come to the rescue and pay you cash for your home immediately. Yes, sell your home and get cash all over the phone without dealing with real estate agents or having to waste time showing your home to lukewarm buyers. You don't need to lose your house to foreclosure. If you have equity in your home, we'll buy your home and give you cash within days, all in a simple over-the-phone and virtual process. Call now before your situation gets worse. Sell a home you can't afford or just need anymore and get the cash you need today. Call this number now. Call 800-527-4903. That's 800-527-4903. 800-527-4903. Again, 800-527-4903. Paid for by Airtime Media. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. Do you feel like you're losing control of your finances? If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank accounts, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problem now by calling the experts at U.S. Tax Shield and take advantage of the Fresh Start program and new laws that that may allow us to negotiate a settlement for the lowest amount possible. Our team of tax attorneys and enrolled agents can stop collections and get you protected so you can take control of your financial future. U.S. Tax Shield offers a price protection guaranteed quote to get you protected today. U.S. Tax Shield is A-plus rated with the Better Business Bureau, so call now, 800-785-9132. That's 800-785-9132. U.S. Tax Shield, 800-785-9132. The IRS, the world's most aggressive collection agency. They can seize your property, bank account, and garnish your wages. They cause sleepless nights for millions of Americans. Don't be one of them. If you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS or state, get protected today. Call 800-312-9970. Coast One Tax Group, protecting your bank, home, and your sleep since 2008. With hundreds of five-star reviews and an A-plus on the Better Business Bureau. Call Coast One Tax Group, 800 312 2-9970. Stanley from New York owed $93,000. The IRS placed a levy on his bank account. Coast One released the levy and settled with the IRS for $2,000. Mark in Michigan owed $225,000. After Coast One stepped in, Mark walked away paying less than $1,500. Call Coast One now. A 10-minute call can save you up to 93% on your back taxes. Get your fresh start today. That's 800-312-9970. Check out all the latest in news, events, trucking information, and podcasts at Red Eye Radio's website at redeyeradioshow.com. That's redeyeradioshow.com. Red Eye Radio, from the Uniden America Studios. Now, for Gary McNamara and Eric Harley, here is Dan Mandis. 866-90-RED-EYE is the phone number, 866-907-3339. So, the uh, whole battle for the Speaker of the House, uh, the um, Don Bacon is a Republican, and I think he's out of Nebraska House Armed Services Committee, and he is one of uh, many who have said that they will not support Jim Jordan, and he was on Fox News. This is what he had to say. Are you worried of what this is going to do to the country, leaving this in limbo? Well, pe 
personally, those eight people that got rid of Kevin McCarthy uh, should be saying that right now. And also the small group on Steve Scalise. I, I support giving Patrick McHenry, the Speaker Pro Tem, more responsibilities and authorities. We can give him authorities for budget, uh, the border, Ukraine, Israel. We can do that, but it's going to take legislation uh, to do so. Okay. Uh, so I, I will. So we can do that. I, I have to leave it there. But what, what's happening next? Thank Are we going to see anything happening in the next few minutes, couple hours? What do we know? Well, I'm not in uh, Jim Jordan's uh, private circle there where they're discussing this. So I really don't know. Okay. Uh, but we, we we're confident next vote he's going to lose five or six more uh, votes. He's going to be going backwards. All right. So and. and this is something that uh, Jordan, again, lost the first one, lost the second one. And I, I told you yesterday, I, I was sharing with you the story, some of the behind the scenes wrangling that has been going on with all of this. And there's a there's a few things that are happening. And and typically this kind of, you know, hijinks and shenanigans in Washington, D.C. Uh, isn't always made so uh, public. But right now it is with the battle for uh, the speaker. So you've got all of these uh, sort of warring factions within the Republican Party. And by the way, the Democrats are out there just laughing at us. But you've got the folks that were pro Kevin McCarthy. You've got the folks that are pro Jim Jordan. And then you've got, you know, some of these other you know groups as well. But the bottom line is the the folks that were pro Kevin McCarthy or pro Steve Scalise They're not going to vote for Jim Jordan. And so I think one of the reasons why you're seeing Jim Jordan uh, losing support, I think, is because there is a and and we talked about this last night. There is a a hardcore pressure campaign going on within the Republican Party where it's uh, Jim Jordan's supporters who are really being what's the right word heavy handed. They're being heavy handed. And so now the situation is that it's not about Jim Jordan. What they're saying is it's about Jim Jordan's supporters because they're saying that Jim Jordan's supporters are and have been acting um, untenable. Uh, Trey Gowdy, I played audio for you from uh, yesterday uh, from Trey Gowdy. I'm going to play this again because it is worth uh, playing again. They're asking Trey Gowdy, who, of course, as you, you folks know, spent uh, many years inside uh, Washington, D.C., probably still there, but he's no longer a congressperson. But, you know, he had some inti- inside intel and, and they asked Trey Gowdy uh, about all this and, and what's going on within the Republican Party. Kind of an interesting dynamic. Uh, Jim Jordan was was pretty well loved uh five years ago he's much better loved now so i don't think this is about jimmy it is about his supporters Uh, and that is what i am consistently hearing up to and including in the last hour it is not jim jordan it is the fact that kevin mccarthy was the victim of a drive-by shooting orchestrated by a small group of people and that's true and so you have the same contingent that uh you know were were with uh, uh matt gates who were anti-Kevin McCarthy, who were now supportive of uh, Jim Jordan. And so, and, and there's obviously some overlap and, and, and so on, but, you know, that is part of it. This is truly within the Republicans in the House of Representatives, whose side are you on? And it's almost like they're playing this game of chicken. Uh, he also, Trey Gowdy, also talked about how the uh, Republicans, they just literally hate each other. Politics is always fractured, but 
But what they're doing in the room right now is, is really they're trying couples counseling for people who want to kill each other. Oh my gosh. It's not yeah. going having a marriage and family counselor for this level of division and these fissures. I cannot overstate how angry some Republican members are with Jordan supporters, not Jordan, his supporters. Yeah. Harry, by the way, found me on Twitter and uh, Harry sends me a tweet at Dan Manda show in history. Has there ever been a time when the House could not elect a speaker like is happening now? If so, what's going on here? What has changed so much? But to get rid of McCarthy without a backup plan was stupid unless they really just don't give a damn. That is uh, Harry sending me a tweet at Dan Manda show. And, and Harry's right. Uh, they, they're clear. <laughs> there clearly was no plan. And uh, no, this has not happened at uh, any time in history. And I'm going to you know, be honest with you as a guy who is supportive of Jim Jordan. He's actually I'm one of those nerds. You know, I've actually have a favorite congressman. Um, Jim Jordan is one of my favorites. I, I, I like his politics. I, I think that he effectively communicates. I think that uh, this is a guy who uh, is used to building, you know, teams and teamwork and all that kind of a stuff. So I, I think Jim Jordan, you know, personally is the right guy for the job. I was not a fan of Kevin McCarthy. And so if you're a if you're a, a conservative like yours truly, you're sort of stuck. Because you know that you're about to really lose the American people because the American people are looking at all of this. And, you know, we just look like we can't govern. We, we just we look like we can't legislate. We look like we can't handle the responsibility. That's what it looks like. Now, I'm I'm just wondering at this point, is this even about politics? Is this really even about, you know, big government spending versus, you know, uh, lower government spending? What is it really about? Or is this just a, a battle over egos? And so you heard um, you heard uh, Don, was it Don Bacon, I think his, his name was. Um, he said that he is a fan of, um, you know, he, his prediction is that Jim Jordan is not going to uh, be the speaker ever. And I've spoken to a couple of different congressmen uh, here in the state of Tennessee where I host a talk show. Uh, who have also said that there's going to be a big struggle ahead. But it, it feels like it's getting to be more about personalities. That seems to be what it's about now. And, and you know, yesterday, just sir, for you folks screaming at the radio, I, I reported it yesterday. So you know that I know that uh, Matt Gates. I, I wonder at this point with Matt Gates, who was one of the main instigators in, you know, booting Kevin McCarthy. Well, People are saying that Gates is angry at McCarthy, not necessarily because of his politics, but because McCarthy didn't support Gates when Gates was being accused of, you know, all kinds of uh, nefarious things with uh, underage girls and so forth, whatever. Uh, Byron Donalds. And by the way, the uh, they chose not to uh, bring any charges against Matt Gates. And so as far as I, I can tell, I think that whole thing is over with now, which is why I'm not delving into the you know, all the, the lurid and sordid details. But Gates feels like McCarthy didn't support him at that very difficult time in his life. I also played uh, audio for, for you from uh, Byron Donalds, who, who uh, sort of concurs with what Trey Gowdy was saying, that this is about the 
heavy-handed tactics of those supporters of Jim Jordan. Was any of that a turnoff for some of these members? I believe it was. I've talked to a couple of members where they, they felt that that's just not what they needed. Um, I don't think that's what we should be doing right now. And listen, for all of the, the voters in our country, I think it's important for members to hear your voice, and I totally respect that. But I think that there are members up here who they want to be able to make this decision on leadership and then move forward. I think some of the pressure campaigns have backfired. They have not worked. And so I think that right now, uh, under the leadership of Jim Jordan, you know, I would request that people just take a break, take a pause, let the members work and figure this out amongst ourselves so we can elect Jim Jordan as speaker. And then we can get back to, to, the, to, work, to the work that we have to do. All right, 86690 Red Eye. That is where we find Eliciana on Red Eye Radio. Thanks for hey, calling in. Go ahead. Don, my, Don, my best friend, I'm so glad you're on. I've, I've been, while I'm listening, I've been walking the floors here in my, in my living room. What's the matter, Don, with the Republican that is representing us? What's, I laid, let me tell you something. I'm a praying woman. Okay. I am a black, I'm so proud of it. I'm a black conservative, Republican, born again, and I'm a praying woman. You know what I did, Don? I gather seven women. We're called the Magnificent Seven. We sit there, we pray, and we're politically armed. We are against the squad. We coming against the squad. Ayanna Presley, I'm originally from Massachusetts. I moved two and a half years to Darlington, South Carolina. I'm a fighter. I'm a radical fighter. Let me tell you, oh, man, let me tell you, Don, yes. the representatives need to get their act. I did. I had a daycare business for 25 years. They're acting like children, preschoolers. What so, the heck? Let so, me so, 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 so let me ask you, uh, Eliciana. So um, what would you like to see the re- the Republicans do? Because. If they work with the Democrats, then the Democrats are going to make some make some uh, requirements. You know, they're going to Republicans are going to have to you know stop the investigations into Hunter Biden and the intelligence agencies and so forth. If it were up to you, you know, would you like Jim Jordan or would you like somebody else? Of course, Don. Every day I'm on the phone. I lobby on the phone, calling calling Washington. Jim Jordan is a fighter. Mm-hmm. He's fighter. That's why. That's why they don't want him there. They don't want him in there because things will get done. Kevin McCarthy was good too. I I laid on I laid on my stomach, all, for twenty four hours praying for that one point to get two hundred and eighteen points from um, Kevin McCarthy to get in. For Kevin McCarthy to get in, and one strike they kick him out. What the heck? I, you know I'm a Christian. I don't want to curse. I don't curse. I said damn in hell. What mm-hmm. the hell wrong with? With the Republican Party, they're, they're childish, they're division. What the Bible says, a house divided cannot stand. A house divided cannot stand. We got to get united if we want to win in 24. What's the well, matter and, with these people? And, and, and Eliciana, I'm, I'm going to tell you this. First of all, I, I love your passion. The other thing that I love is, and I appreciate your call, the other thing that I love is how you're going out and you're recruiting others with that passion and you're getting involved and i love that and i i think a lot of people who are republicans are looking at what's happening here here in in america with the republican party and uh, we are disgusted and we are frustrated 
And uh, Eliciana, I very much appreciate what you're doing, and you have a great evening. Uh, 866-90-RED-EYE is the phone number. We'll return next on Red Eye Radio. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. Eight six six ninety red eye Dan Mandis here, and uh, Deb has sent me a note on uh, Twitter. She tweeted at Dan Mandis Show. Regarding the speaker race, this is a fight to get a speaker who listens to the people rather than a speaker who is a puppet for the big money lobbies. This is to save our country. There is nothing personal about it. I think my problem with the um, people that are anti-McCarthy is just what Deb, just what Debbie Deb is uh, saying is because I, I do believe that uh, Jim Jordan is an extremely strong uh, conservative. My worry would be any adjustments he might have to make to get the uh, support that he so clearly needs. I, and again, I don't know what the Republicans are going to do. I, I think the whole thing is uh, unfortunate because it feels like the moderates are going to uh, start now talking to the Democrats to try and get a. A speaker passed. And let me tell you something. When we have to turn to the Democrats to help us as a Republican Party uh, get a speaker, um, get a speaker confirmed, that is an absolute disaster. Uh, Mike is in Arizona on uh, Red Eye Radio. Hey, Mike, how are you? Good, Dan. Thanks for having me on. I just wanted to talk about the, the Biden speeches and an observation I made. When you listen to him, when he's with BB Netanyahu yesterday morning, and he's pledging alliance with Israel. He is very uncomfortable. He doesn't want to be there. He doesn't want to have to say that stuff, but he has to because the optics would be bad. And then you look at this when he, he gets a little more comfortable when he's talking about um, how the Israeli people should feel because he truly believes they should bend over and take it in the you-know-where. And the third one, you hear him get extremely confident and presidential when he's pledging $100 million in humanitarian aid to the Gaza Strip that he knows will ultimately end up in the hands of Hamas and be used to launch more attacks against Israel. That was just my observation. I don't know how you feel about that. (laughs) Oh, you know what? I I agree with you on, on several fronts. Mike, I appreciate the call out there in Arizona. One of the things that I would say is the reason why Biden is uh, uncomfortable up there in front of uh, Benjamin Netanyahu is because Biden knows that Netanyahu knows that it was Biden who financed the attack on Israel. I feel uncomfortable, too. Oh, absolutely. All right. Thanks, Mike. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen. 
John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.